0: We are blessed today to be here on this beautiful Sabbath. And for all of us here locally, we are really blessed to have all the good help that has come in here from far and wide to help with the youth conference here in 2023. So thank you and thank you for Reed and Julie and everyone that has worked so tirelessly To make this youth conference successful. And I pray that it was successful. Today we're going to talk about separatism. The only pathway of survival. For remnant God-fearing Bible-believing blood-washed Christians. Living in the middle of a wicked nation. That God has given over to reprobation, delusional thinking, and insanity. And is moving toward potential catastrophic judgment. Serious subject. Separatism. The day has arrived. Decision time has come. If you are a father... And you have children, listen up. You have to ask yourself are my children worthy of the sacrifice that I must make in our time of history to practice separatism from this unwashed, unbaptized, unsaved, wicked generation? that now is rising up in America and I speak today of the urgent compelling need to separate from the woke culture now taking root everywhere in this country in the universities college classrooms public schools if you did not catch it this week the highest office in the federal government announced that the American children belong to the federal government, not my children. I pray not your children. But they are claiming ownership of our children in public schools across this land. Every part of America now, every fabric of this country, is devoted to the woke culture. Television networks, social media platforms, even the United States military is going pride. Gender dysphoria in the military. And sadly, far too many churches are bowing the knee to the bale of the woke culture. America today is celebrating Pride Month. It ought to be Shame Month, it ought to be a month of remorse, repentance among the God fearing the Bible-believing of this country. America is now a land totally given over to reprobation. Homosexuality and the celebration of that vile, evil lifestyle has now become the centerpiece of American culture. So, in recent days now, And for this entire month, we are supposed to endure Pride Month, Pride marches, Pride parades, Pride clothing, Pride pronouns, Pride vulgarity, Pride nakedness, and Christians ought not to have anything to do with it. And we ought to be shouting to the highest heavens are opposition. When a country is ready to endorse and legalize pedophilia, when a country is ready to endorse open miscegenation race mixing, when a country is ready to endorse gender dysphoria, that country is on death row. The goal of the Marxist woke people is the total transformation of American society. They are now on steroids to turn this country into a totalitarian Marxist state. There's no Christian Alive in this country today, they can remain passive, docile, and not be proactive in the battle for Western Christian civilization and the future of white people. The goal of the woke culture is the genocide of white people. And they cannot wait until the last white person in America has died. I've got news for them. White people explored this nation, chopped their way through the forest, fought off the savages, and we're not going to go anywhere. We ought to be celebrating this month white heritage in this land. When are we going to have a white heritage month? We got a black history month. We got a pride month. We're celebrating every idiotic thing in America. We're going to have, is this weekend a celebration of something about 16th day Juneteenth Monday is white day it's white heritage day welcome to the white long white weekend we're gonna celebrate we're not only gonna fly the Confederate flag but we're gonna stand up and be proud that we were born white. And we're also working hard to make sure that our children remain white. That's the goal. Beloved, God will not be mocked. Remember, the book of Galatians tells us that when when we, we sow, we reap what we sow. And America is now reaping the whirlwind of the seeds of Marxism that have been sown into the minds of the generation that's now coming on the scene. A vast majority of everyone born in the Z generation, 2000 and after, and over half of the Millennials born before them are now woke. Think about it. We are in peril and separatism is the only answer for our children. They will be swallowed up if they're forced into these public fool systems called schools. And if we tolerate our children being baptized In woke culture, we will have to hang our heads in shame before a holy God. So, beloved, what does it mean to be a separatist? What does it mean to be a separatist? By definition, a separatist is a a person who is defined by their desire to separate and be a non-participatory agent in a culture that's destroying their heritage it doesn't mean that we retire to a cave doesn't mean separatism doesn't mean that we go into hibernation what it means is that we do what Revelation 18, verse 4 says, Come out of her, my people, Amen. Babylon, confusion, lest ye be partaker of her sins and receive her plagues. Her plagues are coming. So a separatist is defined as a person who separates or participates in the separation of a particular group of people from a larger body on the basis of racial preference, religion, moral standards, and other factors. Beloved, separatism demands a parallel culture. We do not become separatist and hope to survive without our own parallel culture. This means that every father, mother, older son and older daughter should be 100% committed to building a separatist culture. A subculture, a parallel culture that enables our sons and our daughters to navigate life without being swallowed up in this godless, unsavory, wicked generation marching to judgment. So, we're not the only people that practice should be, have been practicing separatism. The Amish have been doing it in a long, long time. The Mennonites have a form of separatism. The Hutterites, even the Chinese in California practice it. Japanese, Vietnamese, Asians all over America practice separatism. They gather their children in in Asian enclaves. White people are the only people that have avoided coming together with their own kind. Somehow they've got this idea that they can live with their children and throw them into the lion's den of the public school and expect their sons and daughters to survive. Beloved, we are living in a day of decision. Israelite separatists may be defined as white people from the Celtic, Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian, kindred European peoples who will seek to live in rural, semi-rural, rural areas of their country amid clusterings of people who are sharing their ethnic, racial, spiritual, moral values in their families, in their public worship in their friendships, in their home schools, private schools, they need to be separatist. And that is indispensable for our future. When God called Israel from the beginning, he called them to be a separated people. This is not a new doctrine. The doctrine of separatism is a long-standing biblical truth that has walked with Israel from the beginning of their history. The first chapter of Genesis has a law called the law of kind after his kind. Every part of nature is programmed by God's original design to separate under their own kind. When I was in the Air Force, the blacks congregated together at every opportunity. It's typically natural. The blackbirds fly with the blackbirds. The animals of the forest practice separatism. The whales that swim in the ocean swim with their own kind. It's only those who have been given conscious intelligence that are content to mix their kind with other kinds. Shame. So let me read from the Bible now. Not human opinion, God's Word. I'll turn to Deuteronomy 32, 7. And the I pray that you'll, you'll really note these verses. Deuteronomy 32, 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thine elders and they will tell thee what will that the fathers and elders tell us what would abraham isaac jacob elijah and all the prophets tell us if they could witness to us today they would tell us that when the most high divided to the nations their inheritance when he separated Underline the word separated. Jeremiah twenty-three eighteen. Who has stood in the council of the Lord and heard his word? Who hath marked his word? Underline the word separated. When he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bound of the people The bounds of the people, according to the number of the children of Israel, according to the number of the children of Israel, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. God is a separatist. God is a segregationist. When George Wallace said something like segregation today, tomorrow, and forever. It's still true. God is a segregationist. The God who wrote the Bible wrote a segregationist book. Doesn't mean God doesn't love the world that he created. It means that God wants His own inheritance to remain pure, holy, moral, undefiled, and washed from this horrendous wickedness. When Israel left Egypt and marched into the wilderness... Moses, in one of the most beautiful prayers made in that wilderness experience, a statement from Exodus 33, verse 16. are beautiful. These are beautiful words. Exodus 33, 16. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in heaven? thy sight. Is it not in that thou goest with us, so shall we be separated, separated, underline the word, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. In the Sinai wilderness, God spoke to Israel in Leviticus 20 verse 24 and 26, Leviticus 20, 24, 26, I am the Lord Jehovah your God, which have separated you from other people. God wrote the Bible, I have separated you from other people. Think about that and what's happening to the children born white in this country. Ye shall be a holy people unto me, verse 26. For I am the Lord, Jehovah, am holy, and have severed you. Severed, separated, underline the word, write it in your heart. Severed you from other people that ye should be mine. When Balaam was hired to curse Israel by the king of Moab, a sovereign God put his own words into the mouth of a false prophet. And I'd like to quote a line from Numbers 23, 9. That came from the lips of Balaam. Quote. Lo the people of Israel. Shall dwell alone. And shall not be reckoned among the nations. We have no authority whatever. To invite any race. In this homeland. Except European white people. listen to the words encompassed in one of the greatest prayers that is recorded in the Bible. It is maybe the longest prayer, one of the most truly magnificently worded prayers that's been recorded in Western Christian history. That prayer ends with these words in 1 Kings eight fifty-three. Quote, for thou didst separate to Did catch the word separate, them from among all the people of the earth, Israel, to be thine inheritance. As thou spakest by the hand of Moses, thy servant, when thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. From the beginning, Israel was a separatist body of people, according to the God who called them. Ezra 6, verse 21, tells us that Israel had to separate themselves from the filthiness of the land. They separated themselves. The word separated is in Ezra 6.21. Seventy-five years later, Nehemiah is quoted in Nehemiah 13.3 as telling us that when... Israel heard the reading of the law, they separated, separated Israel from the mixed multitude. It's time for white people to separate themselves in their homes, their families, their marriages, their friendships, their churches. They're homeschooling in every way possible to minimize contact with the woke culture and with the people that support it. Chick-fil-a just went woke. I will not stop at any Chick-fil-a Amen. restaurant Amen. now. Amen. I will not go into a Target store. We need to resolve to have zero support for anyone that goes woke in the business world. Would the congregation please now turn to 2 Corinthians 6. And I'd like for you to join with me in the reading. Of 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. I'm going to ask my good buddy Luke to come up and read for us and lead us in the reading. Now, I'd like to have everyone, I know that our campers are bibled out, but hold on. This train's going to stop here before long. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, beginning in verse 6. And we'll stop at verse 18, where the chapter ends. Together, together.
1: We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you... Hold it
0: just a moment. We are in 2 Corinthians, chapter number 6, beginning at verse 14. 2 Corinthians, so... It, whatever I might have said, I'm making a correction. 2 Corinthians six fourteen together.
1: Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty.
0: These are powerful words calling us to be a separatist congregation, a separatist family, a separatist people separated to the degree that is possible. And all of us can practice separatism in friendships, in marriages, in family structure, in local churches, Bible studies. There ought not to be any race mixing in any of those circumstances. I would like very much now, Luke, if you might get a chair, because I'm gonna call on you here in a minute. (laughs) If you would look at these verses, I'd like for you to consider the power of these verses. This is a command, it's not a suggestion. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with belial what part does a believer have with an unbeliever our young people ought not to get yoked unequally and what agreement hath the temple of god with idols these are powerful words And they ought to be very, very important for anyone who wishes to be a separatist. Now, to be a separatist, beloved, to be unequal means if we're unequally yoked, we are unequally yoked. With anything that unites us with an unbeliever in a common purpose. Separation, separatist means separation from evil impulses. There ought not to be any pornography in the family of God. And if there is and there is no repentance they ought to leave the sanctuary. Repent or leave the sanctuary. And if there's anyone that wishes to be soft and endure and endure homosexuality they ought to repent. For their pathetic feminist heart. Or leave the sanctuary. If there's anyone that endorses race mixing. They ought to leave us. What does it mean to be a separatist? Not in word. But in deed. And in practice. To be unequally yoked means to not yoke yourself any more with the Babylonian system than is necessary. Don't let Babylon become your God. The cup which Babylon wants you to drink, give it back to her double. We're going to look now for a moment at a very controversial verse. I hope that I don't lose anyone on this, on this little voyage now. Because we're going to look closely at something that is really important in 2 Corinthians 6. Let's go down to verse 17. And Luke, would you lead us in that verse? I'd like everyone to read that verse together now, because we're going we're to look at something closely. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 6.
1: Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Beloved, this is a command.
0: This is a command. It's not an option. Come out and be ye separate. God is calling. Are we listening? Do we believe the word of God? Now, let's go to verse 18 and see the promise God makes. Can we all read verse 18 together? Luke, would you read it? Lead us
1: and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. This is Father's Day.
0: Would we like to have God our Father become our real Father? Come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord God Almighty. Ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith The Lord Jehovah, the Almighty. Now, I want to ask you a question. In verse 17, it says, Touch not the unclean thing. Now, in verse 14, we are told not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. But verse 17 is going deep into the quick. It's telling you, sons and daughters, touch not the unclean thing. So I'm going to ask you, what does that mean? Because in reading the commentaries of the Western world, they are pathetic. I wanted to read some of the newer translations but I was embarrassed to read them in public. They have totally destroyed the King James rendering of these words. And they have turned them into theological slop. But let's go back. Let's look Close closely at the word touch. Touch not the unclean thing. Now, if you got a seat belt, put it on. Because this is hard, and I would be run out of a denominational church for telling you some things now but I'm going to show you what the Bible tells us by the context of the Bible itself. Let the Bible interpret the Bible. Let God's Word tell you what He means in His Word. Luke, would you turn to Genesis chapter 20 and in your good loud voice left from the wrestling last night. Read from Genesis 20 verses 1 through 6 just as boldly as you were wrestling last night.
1: And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night, and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he unto, not unto me, She is my sister. And she, even she herself, said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore I suffered suffered I thee not to touch her. Now, how many think you kind
0: of got an idea what the word touch here means? You do not have to work for Elon Musk and launch his rockets to figure that out. Amen. You know that God himself refrained a king from touching Abraham's wife. What do you think that meant? Don't forget 2 Corinthians 16, 6, 17. Touch not the unclean thing. What does that mean? Let's let the Bible int- interpret the Bible. Now, by way of interest, the original Hebrew for the word touch in Strong's Concordance is root word 5060, 5060. And it comes from a Hebrew root root word that means a primary root that means to touch or lay upon lay thy hand upon or to lie with a woman. That's the meaning of the Hebrew word touch. When does the word touch first come into biblical usage? In the Garden of Eden. Surprise, surprise. For those who are still reading fairy tales. Or listening to preachers give fairy tales. But we're not going to go to Genesis. Because people think that we go there too often. So let's go somewhere else. Suppose that we let our good friend Luke here. Take us to Ruth chapter number 2, verse 9. Can we go to Ruth chapter 2, verse 9? And I hope that you're marking your Bibles. I hope you are. Ruth chapter 2, verse 9, Luke, please. This is Boaz' instruction to the young man. He instructed his young men regarding a young damsel that had come to work in his fields. This young woman's name is Ruth. Boaz is her protector. Listen to what he tells the young men. Ruth chapter number 2 verse 9. Congregation, if you have it in your Bible, let's read it together. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch her, touch thee. And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Now, do you suppose that Boaz simply said to the young men, don't touch Ruth's arm. What do you think he meant? When he said, don't touch. Now, the word touch means exactly what it meant back in Genesis 20. It's the same word, same meaning, same definition to lie with a woman. Don't lay hand upon a woman to lie with her. with regard to 2 Corinthians six seventeen, it says, don't lay your hand upon a woman that's not of your race in marriage. Do not marry outside the boundaries of your own people. Stay within your racial kind in marriage. Let the Bible interpret the Bible. Well, let's let Proverbs 6, 29, see what that will tell us. Proverbs 6, 29. And again, our brother Luke will lead us in Proverbs six twenty nine.
1: So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. The word touch,
0: toucheth, is word 5060 in the Hebrew. Same word. Don't lay hand on a woman to touch her that is not your wife. Amen? Amen. Okay. And now... Letting the Bible interpret the Bible. Let's go back to the New Testament. And go to 1 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. Everybody, thank you. This is a Bible study now. We're in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. Can we read together and Luke will lead us. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians, first Corinthians 7 one and two.
1: Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband.
0: Now that's an interesting word, touch. But we're in a new part of the Bible. So this is, we got to look at the Greek now. What do you think the word touch in the Greek language is going to mean? Is it going to be different than the Hebrew? God speaks an unchanging word that is not confusion. The Bible is a seamless book written by one God to one people for one purpose that they might be separatists. And inherit his kingdom to come. So let's go now to the word touch. First Corinthians 7.1. That word is number 680 in the Greek. Haptome. "haptomei," To attach oneself to touch Implied relations, implied relations with a woman. Same essential meaning as the Hebrew Old Testament word touch. But let's go back to 2 Corinthians 6.17, a moment, and look at that again. 2 Corinthians six seventeen. God says to us in that monumental verse of Scripture, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. This is a command against race-mixing. Now, we We have a lot of young people that will be choosing their their marriage partner. Boys will be looking for good girls. Girls will be looking for good boys. Young men are obligated to present themselves holy and unspotted For their future wife. Young women must remain holy, spotless, for the man they will marry. That's God's plan of separatism, even before marriage. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate. This is a day and an hour, people. When we no longer have the luxury to procrastinate, now is the day of choosing. So I want to encourage all the young people of this congregation. In my humble opinion, for whatever it's worth, you have one of the greatest opportunities of any generation that have ever lived. Because in the darkness of this world, you can purpose to shine for the glory of God in a way that no generation has shined since the writers of the Declaration of Independence. So I encourage you to purpose To help build a parallel culture. It's going to take young people. Youth. The signers of the declaration were young men. In their late 20s, early 30s. Benjamin Franklin was probably the oldest among them. They were essentially young men. So I'm calling young people. To take hold of the plow. Put away your video games. Put away your cell phones. At least at sundry times. And spend some time alone with the God who created heaven and earth. Draw close to him. Practice Days of fasting without a cell phone. Yes. On a Sabbath day, I challenge you oh, yeah. to leave your cell phone un Amen. to. I'm challenging you to do that. I'm challenging you to give your cell phone a Sabbath. Amen. Yeah. You believe in the Sabbath? Good. Let's give the cell phone a Sabbath try it. You'll be surprised that you may suffer addiction to a cell phone, but it's time to break that addiction. I got a call late last night from a a young man who told me, he said, the only books I have ever read, I've read from a cell phone. And he said, the thought came to me, what if, what if the power grid went down and I no longer had my trusty cell phone where I've stored up all those Kindle books? I hardly have a book in my house, he told me. And it was almost like he became... Alarmed that he might be unarmed with truth. So I recommend that everybody remember, don't place too much trust in the cell phone. Now, wouldn't it be marvelous if the United States government didn't know what you were doing on the Sabbath? that they would be, they'd go into some kind of a frenzy. Big tech would wonder what happened to your phone. They couldn't follow, it. they were not following you. You left your phone at home. They don't know where you attended services that day. But they know if you've got a phone on your person where you were this morning, They know exactly where you were. So what I'm saying and suggesting here, that to be a separatist means that we take a long, hard look at our lifestyle. It's just necessary. It's a necessary part. Now, I've exceeded my time. I acknowledge it. I confess. However, I punch my clock two minutes ahead of time. I've got two minutes. Did you know, according to some of the best authoritative sources in the health industry, that one half of the American public would test positive for diabetes? Folks, look. We got to come off of bad diets and quit living on junk food. I beg of you, come out of the junk food lifestyle or you will be a victim of bad health. And you need your health. We've got a war to win and a battle to fight. And we can't do it. With people that are sick. What goes in the eye gate. The ear gate. Is important. To be a separatist means. That you. Do not feed on pornography. Shame on you. If you're a pornography addict, or even close to it, and you come into the sanctuary, you are defiling this house. And God wants a holy house. Our God is holy. And he says, Israel, you must be called to a a life of holiness now before i really get to preaching i'm going to ask the congregation to stand and i thank you very much young people